You're listening to Jalen Rose, Renaissance Man. Coming up, we talk about the power of self-evolution. And we talk to my man, my brother from another, Cedric the Entertainer. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. So I'm really excited about this podcast because really it's about staying fresh, being crispy, and the power of reinvention, having longevity, featuring St. Louis's finest, Cedric the Entertainer. Throughout my career, I've gone through many transitions, high school, college, to NBA, NBA, to analyst. And throughout that process, you must evolve, continue to grow. And the trends change, so you must. Yes, I wore the extra baggy clothes, the 5X tees, the jerseys down to the knees. But then that style changed. Silk suits, custom tailoring. And then Jay came out and smashed the game. When he said, I don't wear jerseys, I'm 30 plus. I was like, yo. And I don't wear jerseys, I'm 30 plus. Give me a crisp pair of jeans, the button ups. He said, give me a crisp pair of jeans, button ups. I was like, I need a stylist. Where's Rachel Johnson? And before you know it, we both were changing the game in our own industry, doing what we do. My guest, my really good friend, over a couple of decades, Cedric, the entertainer, is a perfect example of staying fresh. If you ever met Ced, fresh kicks, might be lace-ups, might be hard bottoms, but his hat game is A+. A+. He a comedian, actor, game show host, but more importantly, he's a really good friend of mine. And he's going to talk to us about why reinvention is so very important to his success. Let's go. Renaissance Man. What up, though? It's Jalen Rose. Welcome back to the Renaissance Man and the New York Post. I'm really honored to have my next guest. He's my brother from another mother. I've known him for over two decades. And to watch his progression, how he continued to reinvent himself, you guys see him acting, hosting, doing television shows and comedy. You also see him being a humanitarian, but representing St. Louis to the fullest. Cedric, the entertainer. Yes, sir. Jay Rose, what's up, fam? Hey, man, I appreciate you. This is your 93rd podcast right now. (laughs) I learned from you. I learned from Steve coming to the show, and y'all had jobs on jobs on jobs. And that that work ethic and that sacrifice and discipline is what continues to have you doing what you're doing today on an elite level. So I'm going to introduce you to the world like they don't know you, even though I know most of the answer to these questions, if that's okay. So I know Cedric, the entertainer, isn't your government name. When did you decide to add that? You know, that name came about, it was really kind of a, an osmosis thing, man. I was uh, performing in a, in, a, in a club in St. Louis, and the guys, I was a new comedian, and it was, he kept introducing all the other guys before me as comedians, this next comedian, this next comedian. But I did, like, I sang when I got on stage, I did poems, I would do anything to fill my time up. 
So I said, don't call me a comedian, call me an entertainer, just out of respect that I didn't have enough jokes to be considered a comedian. And so he called me Cedric the Entertainer, and I went up, I had a killer show, got a stand ovation. When I came off, he called me Cedric the Entertainer again, and I just kept it. That was it, that was the name. That's dope, and I've watched you perform hundreds of times. And so your versatility on stage to earn the name Entertainer. So can you recall the song that you were singing or the poetry that you did? Yeah, I used to do the big thing was I, I would do like Luther Band draw. So, you know, one of my big jokes back then was Luther being little and he, he learned to sing because he was fat in, in, in elementary school. So he would sing his alphabets. A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. <laughs> and then Big Luther, all the girls would be like, Luther, you want some out of my lunchbox? And he would say <laughs> yes, and that's that's why he got a weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to be able to come to set multiple times as you and Steve Harvey did an amazing job of having you, you guys show on for six seasons. That is crazy. What are some of your fondest memories of that opportunity? I mean, one, you know, when we did the high tops, we got to work with, you know, Ron Isley. And, you know, so that was great like, to have, like, the legendary Ron Isley be a part of things with us, you know. And then, uh, and of course, you know, we had Stan Lathan, one of the legendary directors, just won an Emmy for, you know, directing all the Dave Chappelle stuff. And um, Winifred Herbie. So, you know, Steve and I, we were partners first. So we was doing this, doing this show. Then we started the Kings of Comedy at the same time. So you just talk about being on an amazing run, man, where we got a TV show, then we jumping on the jets, going doing arenas on the weekends. So just, just that whole vibe, man. And, and of course, uh, the, the beautiful actresses that was on the show, uh, Terry J. Vaughn and Wendy Raquel Robinson, all that was dope, man. Said y'all went from favorites. doing comedy shows to doing arenas, okay, to doing stadiums. Talk about, Talk about that evolution. Talk about that evolution. You know, because you start with St. Louis, you don't never visualize yourself doing comedy like, like you know, other side, other than some little club, you know, kind of performing around. But, you know, that tour started, man, and, you know, it was rock star stuff, man. You're talking about showing up like the, like the Rolling Stones, man. We all, you know, we all got individual limos and it's 15,000, 18,000 people out there. At the time, I wasn't married, Jalen, so. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you like. I know, I know. So I'm yeah. going to name one of the kings of comedy, and please tell me one of your fondest memories. First, the late, great Bernie Mac. Legendary. My fondest memory of Bernie Mac was in Oakland. We performed, I had all like, I had all the celebs backstage, Peyton, Gary Payton, E-40, uh, it was a lot of other, you know, like stars, football stars in the house and stuff. And so like, I would go up first and there would be an intermission. So my, my partners would go get all my friends and everybody, we'd be in my room partying, drinking, hanging out. And then Bernie Mac came in the room and did another five, 10 minute set in our room. It just made everybody just laugh. And he just walked out like I'm Bernie Mac. I'm out to 
and just turned around and walked out. That was one of my favorite Bernie Mac moments ever. You don't understand. He was you know, such a you legend. Understand. Oh man, he had a he had all the little catchphrases. I'm on a, I'm on a fifty yard line, but it's first and goal. He was like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't understand that one. All right, our brother who does a terrific job of being a champion for social justice, D.L. Hughley. Oh, man, D.L. was, again, always a legend. One of my favorite guys. We still, you know, very tight. He was over the house the other day. Uh, you know, D.L. came on the tour. We actually had started the tour without D.L., so we started it the first year, and Guy Tory was on hosting. It was me, uh, Bernie, then Steve, and then D.L. came on it, so... You know, once he came on, he was my, you know, he was my drinking partner, man. So we just, <laughs> we, we, we pretty much tore it up all around the world. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. We did the, the, the combination band right there. We tore it down, man. So uh, it's, it's too many of those memories to talk about. And both of y'all hat games stay crazy. Yeah, I just talked. I was just talking about that. All the boys stole my hat game. You know, I was the first one to really be rocking the hats on stage, and then eventually everybody like, you know, I feel like they all, you know, started to lose their hair, you know, and then, <laughs> <laughs> then they bit my style. But both Steve M and DL, DL hat game be loose now. He be he be out there. He making me have to turn up. I had to go get a a whole brand new hat guy messing around with DL. <laughs> And I'm glad you brought up the last person I was going to ask you about, because I don't know who has more jobs, you or Steve Harvey. Tell me one of your fondest memories of our brother. Big Dog is, you know, you know, he, he just was, he's been my partner, man, for so many years, man. And, you know, uh, I mean, one of the things was like, what I remember is we were going, we had finished Steve Harvey's show, we were making a killing on, uh, we, we were making a killing on the, on the road, and it was an opportunity to go back and do the sixth season. And so Steve, he was talking to me, said, man, you know, we should we should do this for the girls. We should do this for the, you know, the, the younger actors and go back just one more time. We good, but what you think about that? And I was like, let's do it, man. So, you know, that was just the kind of thing. Like, he would always do that. Uh, he'd be plugged into to, to L.A. on some other levels. I remember going to, you know, doing the riots afterwards. And he had the FOI all around. And Steve would take you, you'd go down there and, and, and be in the middle of the, of the action. So, you know, he's just one of these guys that was always plugged into the to the whole situation, man. And, and, and still is. So call him quite often. We still, we still uh, you know, we're partners like that. So we still rock and roll, man. That's love. That's how it's supposed to be, kings of comedy. The other thing you guys always did beside keep a fresh cut or keep a fresh lineup was always be suited and booted. So nowadays, comics... Like Trevor Noah, for example, they talk about wearing jeans and T-shirts. Yeah, man, you know, it, it was totally different. I mean, like you said, we came up in an era where you was considered a professional. You wanted to go on stage and look like a professional, you know what I mean? So, you know, and, and Steve was one of, definitely one of the people that taught me that. Like, he was always that, like, you know, from the very beginning. And then us, me being Midwest dudes, you know how I was, that were like, all our old OGs, that's what they did. When you got to a level where you was like, you know, considered like a player out there, even if you was a senior in high school, where you at the top of the food chain, you got on some slacks, you wearing a nice sweater, you got your hair fresh, you know. And so it it became a little more like later in life where the, the, the jean and the T-shirt and the, and the tennis shoe game became more prevalent. But I definitely come from that era where, 
you put on the freshness and you go let them see what you got in that closet, man, you pull up. So that was, that was, we love that. And so, you know, I, I always say this, you know, we ain't in no rock band, man. We just can't come out of no t-shirt, bro. <laughs> How do you feel as somebody that can go from the neighborhood to the suburbs and you have an audience from eight to 80 about the cancel culture, how it affects your jokes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of those things I feel like, you know, one of my favorite characters I've ever played was Eddie on the barbershop, which you got to be in, you know, <laughs> we made that work, but but uh, that character was one that got to say what he wanted to say. And I think that, you know, you start to believe in that, that as long as you're being honest and you're being like sincere about what it is that you're saying, you know, you don't want to be careless or reckless or definitely, you know, uh, inconsiderate of other folks. You know, if, if indeed you, you know, if you find out that you said something in truly inconsiderate to other people. But in general, be honest and be 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 sincere about what it is you're saying and then stand on that, even if you get some flack. So I really just kind of rock with that philosophy, man. I try to be uh, honestly who I am. And, I, you know, and, and, and again, I do it with, a you know, with decorum in, in the forefront where I'm trying to be, you know, where I'm thinking about what it is I'm saying so that I'm not being reckless when I say it. But if I got to say something that's bold and, and, and up to the line, then I've got to do that. It reminds me what you did the other day on your show. You're like, I might get in trouble for this, but I'm, a, I'm fresh. <laughs> I'm going to be. I got that from you. Casket <laughs> clean. Yeah, I'm, I'm off the top. So just in case this is the last day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to let them know. And, and congratulations, by the way. 2019, you received a star on the Walk of Fame. Did that feel like one of those I made it moments? It was definitely a moment where, you know, you, you recognize that, you know, to be recognized for the work that you've done, to to think about the history, to actually go back. Because, you know, I think most of us, you know, you, you kind of wake up every day and you do your job and you don't really wait for the accolades. You just do what it is that, that's your blessing and your opportunity to do it. And so that was one of those moments where I got to sit back and reflect and think about all the things that I've accomplished as a little dude from, you know, Missouri, St. Louis coming up, you know, went to college, worked for State Farm and then discovered I can do comedy. So yeah, that was that was a definitely a prideful moment, man, to be able to see my name in the streets like that, to be recognized it would, along with, amongst so many other great people. You go down there and you see Richard Pryor star and you see, you know, Marvin Gaye star. It's just like, yeah, man, I, I'm 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 I feel good about this situation for sure. You deserve that. So what is next for those that don't know for said the entertainer? Really a lot of producing, man. You know, I've been really creating a lot of shows for other people now, taking this opportunity, had a big overall deal at CBS because the, the neighborhood is doing so well. And so uh, just really, really um, happy to be able to create for others and put people into the position by, you know, using the influence that I have at this network. And so got a couple of movies coming out. I got a, cool, a couple of cool movies that I did. I did a, a plan the legendary Ralph Abernathy in a movie called Son of the South coming out. Uh, this yeah. movie called Opening Act coming out where uh, it's, it's dope. It's about the world to stand up and I'm looking comic like Red Rock. It's pretty dope, man. So I'm looking forward to people seeing these things and just kind of really keep building, man. Directing a little bit. Uh, so, you know, just staying steady, man. And, but definitely looking now to create opportunities for other people. 
Well, you're really versatile, and it's only right. So before I let you get out of here, and I know you're on the golf course, I appreciate you taking the family love to spend time with me. I have a final segment that I like to call Gone in 60 Seconds, where you rapid-fire answer as many questions as possible. But I know you got a corporate job just like I work for Disney, so I'm not going to ask you any questions that might get you fired because we need you to keep your job. Okay. So here we go. What comedian besides yourself has the illest style in history? Steve Harvey. LA Comedy Clubs or New York? New York. What's worse, losing your wallet or bombing on stage? Ooh, oh man, I'm gonna go with losing your wallet. What do you prefer, stand-up or game show hosting? Stand-up. 15 seconds. Will there be a barbershop for? Let's hope so, man. I, I really enjoy that character. That's one of my favorite characters to play. When you're putting together an outfit, what's the most important thing? I knew you was going to say that. I knew you was going to say that. And the weather changing. You about to have different feathers, different cuts, everything. Well, I appreciate you, my brother. Continue success, and I'll catch up with you soon. You too, Jay. Right on, man. Congratulations on this, man, and everything you're doing, man. You, you're a true leader. Um, you know, the Academy. I want to come there, too. Like, done. I was supposed to see in Detroit. I want to come see it, see how it's done. But all these things, man, you just, you just, you just innovative and a leader, man. All right, job. All right, family. Take care. Last call. Last call. Those words just don't sound the same right now. POTUS and FLOTUS, both contracted with COVID-19. We're reinventing our country. We're dealing with the social, civil, and political unrest. One that is not taking place in my lifetime. Reinventing the justice system. What's going to happen with the Supreme Court and the nominations? A call to vote is mandatory. You earn the right. And by the way, you do not have to wait until the final day of the final hour of the final minute to do so. You can do it right now. You can mail in vote, but make sure you participate. In this election year, I've been really impressed by so many people I've seen reinvent themselves and acknowledge that they, for whatever reason, didn't participate in the voting process. NBA players like Draymond Green, Mike Tyson, Hall of Fame fighter, who felt that he couldn't vote based on his felony background. That level of growth has also allowed so many people to continue to encourage others to do so. LeBron James created more than a vote. College coaches are now taking their teams to get registered to vote, mobilizing, staying aware. That's a reinvention. Growth. Signing off is Jalen Rose, the Renaissance man. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week and the week after that and the week after that. This is going down each Thursday. Anywhere you can get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, anywhere. And thank you to my special guest, Cedric the Entertainer.